Hey y'all, Pastor Drew here. This podcast series covers a book study we're doing with our intercessory team about the book Breaking Strongholds in Your City by C. Peter Wagner. And today we're talking about chapter 5 that really dives into the topic of how to defeat the enemy with the help of spiritual mapping. So one of my favorite parts uh, of this chapter is uh, the author actually gives us a manual for spiritual mapping. I'm just stoked to d- dive into that as a team, but uh, yeah, the author of this chapter is Harold Caballeros, and he's the pastor of El Shaddai Church in Guatemala City. Now, this guy is a champion of spiritual mapping and spiritual warfare. He leads a church with thousands of people, and as is evident by the chapter, he is passionate about evangelism, passionate about the world coming to know Jesus. So, without further ado, let's dive in. On page 120, Caballeros gives his version of defining spiritual mapping. He writes, if I were to define spiritual mapping, I would say it is God's revelation about the spiritual situation in the world in which we live. It's a vision that goes beyond our natural senses and by the Holy Spirit reveals the spiritual hosts of darkness to us. He goes on to write, spiritual mapping plays the same important role that intelligence and espionage play during war. It reveals the conditions behind enemy lines. On page 121, the author uh, goes into how every unbeliever and or non-Christian is blinded by spiritual forces in the world. It's these spiritual blinders that need to be lifted. In other words, uh, these people can't even hear the gospel rightly until these spiritual blinders are taken off. And as he explains, it's intercession that lifts the spiritual blinders off their eyes so they can hear the gospel. He talks about spiritual mapping as a way to see how the enemy has blinded people in a given region. And then, as intercession breaks strongholds, people are able to effectively share the gospel, and then the blinded people are able to see and are able to hear the truth of the gospel. So, for Caballeros, it's it's really all about evangelism. And, and as I was reading the chapter, I, I just felt like again and again, this guy must have the fivefold gift of evangelism because he's so passionate about uh, God reaching the world, about being a part of God's evangelistic uh, mission in the world. And so, for him, you know, uh, uh, spiritual mapping and, and all of it is about evangelism. I love that. I love how God gifts different leaders in different ways. And uh, yeah, this guy's definitely evangelist. So, Moving on, on page 123, Caballeros breaks down God's army and the enemy into ranks. And he explains that on God's side, you have God, angels, and people. And he does even a more thorough job of that, of trying to break, uh, you know, down into God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, um, angels and different ranks of angels. But then he goes to the enemy side, and you have... Um, 
Well, I'm sorry, I didn't finish God's side. Uh, among God's people, you have pastors and leaders and an assortment of incredibly gifted Christian followers. So this is important. You have God, angels, and God's people. On the enemy's side, you have the devil, who is in no way equal to God, but then you have demons and you have people that are loyal to him. Now, the devil's people are led by warlocks or witches or witch doctors, uh, somewhat like pastors or leaders in God's church. Um, And anyways, these warlocks or witches or witch doctors, they will lead Satan's followers. So, of course, the author goes on in more detail about these things. I would just encourage you, if um, if you haven't read this section, knowing who we're allied with, um, that we are following the Lord, of course, but that he has ranks of angels and knowing kind of uh, the ranks of what he does in his kingdom is very important, but it's also important on the enemy side to know, okay, here's how the spiritual war is broken down. Here's the ranks of our enemies and what we're really coming against. So, um, Caballeros goes on to talk about the nature of spiritual warfare. He talks about three things mainly. He says, uh, first he emphasizes, spiritual war is not the mission. And again, according to him, evangelism is the mission. He he just feels uh, that salvation for all is the mission. And so, in a separate part of the chapter, he actually talks, he adds social reform and uh, helping a a society become um, improved in social matters, um, that that's a part of God's mission as well. Okay, the second thing he talks about regarding spiritual warfare is that people are not our enemy, that demons and the devil is our enemy but that these demons use people to, to try to do their bidding, but that we're called to come against the enemy, the spiritual force of darkness, and to pray blessing and salvation on the people the enemy is using. And so I, I just love that. I, I felt that in the spirit for a while. And so when I heard that and read that, I was just like, yes, I felt the Holy Spirit all over that. All right, the third thing that the author talks about uh, regarding spiritual warfare is that uh, persistent, steadfast prayer is vitally important. That we shouldn't simply give up when something doesn't happen immediately, but we should continue to press on into prayer and pray and pray as the Spirit leads until He gives us victory. And I would just encourage all of us in this way that if we're facing a matter, whether it be in life or an intercession for our church, for our family, for greater Orlando, that if we feel the Lord has spoken something over a given circumstance or people, that we would just keep pressing into that and keep praying it, keep seeking the heart of God and keep pressing the buttons that he wants us to press until victory is given. Um, yeah, so moving on, on page 127, the author talks about a dream that changed the spiritual war in his region. He said one day, a lady named Morella in his church came up to him and let him know about a dream she had. She told him that God wanted her to share the dream with him. 
she explained that in her dream, God showed her three areas of this region, and it had three hands of three strong men. And these three areas were tied together by a rope sort of thing. Now, all three locations made a triangle, which in itself can be very satanic. So, uh, as the pastor, as, as Caballeros looked at what Jesus taught about the strong man demon in the Gospels, God brought to his, dis, uh, his attention this word man, strong man. And Caballeros uh, discovered what sometimes, uh, he discovered that sometimes strong man demon can attach itself to a person. It's usually a person in a seat of power that this strongman demon will attach itself to. So after learning this, Caballeros took this information to a prophet, and the prophet told him from the Spirit of God the first and last name of the three men in these three areas. After research, of course, they confirmed that all three men had evil dealings in these three locations. One of them had the power of money, another had the power of politics, and the other was a drug dealer. But God told Caballeros to break the stronghold and the power of darkness in these three strong men. Um, But he told him to bless these men. So, uh, Caballeros and his intercessory team developed a strategy from the Holy Spirit. They broke the enemy's power in these three strong men. And this was the strategic linchpin of prayer that caused breakthrough in their region. God began to move through evangelism in powerful ways. And in the coming seasons, these three men were taken out of their seats of power. Their their empires, so to speak, came crumbling down because God had broken the stronghold uh, that the enemy had over them. Each of them were brought to justice. So as I heard this story, I was reminded of how just a couple weeks ago, we were praying um, uh, in lieu of what, what a team of our intercessors had done as they went and prayed over Lake Eola. Uh, so we met on a Wednesday night, and they just shared what they had experienced at Lake Eola. And one of the things they, they shared was about these different monuments. This one lady who's like halfway buried, it's a monument in Lake Eola Park, that like she's like halfway buried and yet there's this strange story around this lady. This other one is this this girl like prancing and it's like this goddess of creativity and she'll give you creativity and and um and then uh, Elisa shared a dream she had about uh these three you know uh, giants that came from the lake and were attacking. And and it was interesting. We felt like there were three strongmen, just like in, in this story that was shared. We felt like there were three strongmen in that area. And, and I felt as I'm reading this chapter and this specific story, the Lord was confirming, yes, you guys are on the right track. Your intercessory team is pursuing what I am laying before you. And so I'm just encouraged that uh, by this story that the Lord is leading us and we're, we're heading in the right direction. So, um, yeah, may the Lord continue to help us bring down 
strong men, strong holds, and insert whatever kingdom, uh, his kingdom uh, power in this in this place. So, all right, moving on to page 131, Caballeros talks about how effective it is to break down a region into sections and then have intercessors spiritually map these smaller sections. He said they have found that they had much more effectiveness and accurately or accuracy when they broke a region down into smaller smaller sections. He calls this micro mapping and um, and he, he feels like it, it's something that's really good if we're able to do that in our region. Um, all right, so so now we get into this like section where he writes all about um, sharing his manual of spiritual mapping or these practical instructions for spiritual mapping. He writes, mature spiritual mapping requires coordinated effort aimed at taking each territory. Our purpose is to do spiritual warfare to open the door of effective evangelism and positive social change. So from pages 132 through 138, he lays out this spiritual mapping plan for any team that would want to follow it. And and wow, I I think I underlined at least 50% of it, which kind of defeats the purpose of underlining, but... Um, it was just amazing to see and to learn from what he wrote. And and I'm not going to go over all of what he details in that section, but I just want to highlight a few things. So first he goes over the master plan. It's like a top-down view, you know, and he says that the prayer warriors who come together uh, are, are called to fight until the battle is won. And um, then he he takes his prayer team, his intercessory team, and he breaks them down into three separate units. And these three separate teams are over historical factors, physical factors, and spiritual factors. Now, each of these teams kind of breaks up and focuses on their area. Again, that's uh, historical factors, physical factors, and spiritual factors. So he starts with a historical factors team and what they would focus on. And he just begins asking all of these questions. Um, and some of the questions he asks is regarding whether the name of their city has significance. He says, uh, look into the historical, um, you know, th- documents and see, did the city have a different name before this? Did uh, that have spiritual significance? He asks about the nature of the territory, meaning, does the region have special characteristics that distinguish it from other regions? And as I was thinking about this regarding Orlando, I think, uh, man, we have multiple things that distinguish Orlando from other regions. And so just excited to dive into that with our team. But next he asks, is the region open or closed to evangelism? And then he keeps going and um, he gets into the historic, the history of the region. When did it originate? Uh, who was its founder? What was the original purpose of its foundation? And he goes on and on and on. And again, I'm only asking a few of the questions that he brings up, but when we do this as a team, we will have our historical factors team ask all these questions and more. So next he 
goes into what the physical factors team would focus on. He talks about doing an intensive study of maps, finding the oldest maps and the newest maps, and then comparing them. Do the streets have a particular order to them? What parks um, uh, are there in the city, taking an inventory of them? What monuments, archaeological sites, and how many churches are there? And again, the list goes on. Next, he goes over what the spiritual factors team would focus on. He writes, spiritual factors can be the most important factors of all because they reveal the real cause behind the symptoms exposed through the historical and physical research. He asks questions like, are the heavens open in this place? Is it easy to pray or is there much oppression? Can we discern a cover of darkness? And again, the list goes on. Caballero says that as the three areas wrap up their research, they come together. And and what they find, as he writes, he says, research on each of the three factors will confirm and complement the work of the other two if we are accurately hearing what the Spirit is saying to us. Once again, Caballeros tells a story about a strong man they found in a region through the guidance of the Holy Spirit working through these three teams. He talked about how important it is to focus on and find the strong man and then tear down that stronghold. Um, He ends the chapter by encouraging us as intercessors to rise up. He writes, Now is the time for the body of Christ to rise in the power of the Holy Spirit and to challenge the powers of hell, destroying all its schemes and taking back the land the Lord God has given us as an inheritance. And as I read that, I was uh, both inspired but also reminded of how this whole journey started and how God told us that he was calling us to take back the land that was his in greater Orlando, but that the enemy had stolen it. And um, I just I just felt like the Lord was again confirming this work he's called us to do as intercessors, confirming the direction that he's given us. So as we get deeper in this book study, I just... Uh, keep feeling like there's no turning back, you know. We're, we're getting more informed and more empowered to fight the spiritual battle with intelligence. It's like God is equipping us uh, as, as he would uh, generals or captains in an army with strategies of warfare that will allow us to more effectively pray, more effectively see the enemy and take him out. And, and I'm just excited about what he's leading us to do. So as always, uh, we love to hear what you thought about this chapter and what God put on your heart as you read it. So just hope we get to hear from you. Uh, Please feel free to comment in uh, Teams under, uh, you know, the heading that that we put for this podcast. But also, if you're going to reply to an email, uh, you know, just reply all. We would all love to hear what you're saying. Your voice matters. With that said, I, I, I love each of you. I'm absolutely blessed by you. Um, one last thing would just encourage us to begin to prayerfully think about which of the three teams, whether it be historical, whether it be physical or spiritual factors, that we want to join as we begin to map uh, Greater Orlando.
Okay. Well, uh, again, I love you. I hope to see you all again soon. And God bless you. Bye.